Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle episode 514 features co-host Dahlia D, lots of dick talk, and an interview with the lovely Lieutenant Bella Lexi. Warning, this show is only for adults who like sex. Does your dick hang low? Does it dangle to and fro? Can you tie it in a knot? Can you tie it in a bow? (laughs) Don't worry. Dick will be coming. Welcome to the Covert Nation. Here he is. Dick Jangle. Dick Jangle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 514 of Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle. Welcome to the Pervert Nation. I am your host, Dick Dangle, and joining me for this episode is one of your favorites. It is the goddess from the great white north. She's everything you could possibly want in a cam model and content creator and more she is your manitoba maple syrup maiden your saucy sex pot from saskatoon your thick thumper from thunder bay the bitch and concubine from british columbia in case you didn't know she's from canada and the pro twerker but anti-squirter from alberta it is Dahlia D. How are you doing, girl? <laughs> you wrote me a new list of intros. <laughs> I felt so bad from the last time. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to cry. I'm going to oh, cry right here on the show. Don't cry. I know it's the holiday season, but hold That was beautiful. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, I like this. I'm like okay with not being like the caterpillar concubine or whatever now. No, oh, I'll okay. take all of these over that. Okay. It, it is very Canada-centric. It is, but I like it. You really did your research. I try. I do my Be best. honest. How many of those provinces did you know before you Googled it? Oh, I knew all of them. Did you? Yes. So it was did literally- Did you name all 13 provinces and territories? Oh, probably not. <sighs> Damn it. I could- yeah. That's, that's okay. You guys have a lot of states and I could not. I don't even know like five of them. So Well, you know where I live, right? Really? Okay, so it's it's one with a P. It's either Correct. Pennsylvania or Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh is the city in Pennsylvania. Oh fuck, so double right. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll give you points for that. Two points. I don't know if it's double right, but you got it. Yeah, I got. I was right on both fronts. <laughs> yeah, it's two points f- for you. I was like, I would think of a Canadian province, city, and just try to wrap something around it. That I'm would... surprised you didn't go for the low hanging fruit of Regina. It's too easy. Yeah, but like the perfect vagina from Re- Regina, I would take that. Oh. It's hard to say though. I just Thank stumbled you. over that. Right. <laughs> You could do it, though. All right. I'll put it in your list. Yes. Perfect. The perfect? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest. I remind everyone that they haven't eaten an Arby's in a while, but (laughs) 
it gets the job done. Yeah, that is very true. I didn't realize that Canada lowered itself to the point to have an Arby's. What? We've had Arby's forever. Really? That's where the meat is. But well, obviously, they have they've, the meat. They've got the meat. Right. <laughs> and we know. Okay. Dolly likes the meats. Yeah, uh, that is very true. I, I thought everything in Canada was, oh, what, what, what's the name of the big Canadian chain? Tim Hortons? Tim Hortons, yes. Well, I mean, we have other things. Do you? We don't have half of the good stuff that you guys have, though. Like, we don't have, like, In-N-Out and Sonic and White Castle or whatever. I almost said White Chapel. That's well, the band. <laughs> you are, oh, I, I would have liked either one. Uh, yeah, even in western Pennsylvania or, or on the east coast, uh, there aren't a lot of In-N-Outs. And there, I think there's a one or two White Castles in this part of the state. I actually have a Sonic very close to me that I've I've never eaten at, so. I kind of want to film a porno that's called In and Out at In and Out. <laughs> and it's just like fucking in the bathroom <laughs> at an In and Out. Okay. With maybe like a sign in the background or something. All right. Right? I mean, I'm sure I know someone that knows someone. I'm a classy broad. That's right. <laughs> that's why. Yes. If there is one word that pops to brain in description of you. <laughs> It's classy. I knew it. (laughs) What do we have for this episode, Dick? (laughs) Well, for this episode, you will get a little bit of banter between Dahlia D and I. And then... (gasps) Never. uh, You know, I thought I'd change it up. And I have an interview with Lieutenant Bella Lexi. And it is a very interesting interview. Uh, You'll hear me talk a little bit about that at the end of the first half. Then we go to the second half, but the interview is a bit longer. So this first half isn't going to be our typical three hour marathon. Okay, good. Because I have one thing that I want to focus on, but how did you like your interview? That is such an interesting interviewee. That was also very hard to say. (laughs) Uh, I actually, I really liked it. I think her transition from police officer to a performer. I'm so glad you mentioned her background because I was going to say the listeners need to know what they're getting into. Yeah, absolutely. I think she has, I don't want to say handled it well, but I think she really thought about the process and is doing it correctly and i think that also has a lot to do with just the experience of of being older i'm so excited for this one it's a hell of an origin story if you think about it like to go from a police officer who was then i believe outed am i right correct yeah we well let's talk about that at the end of the first half ah but it's so hard not to i get so excited i I know you do but yeah we'll talk about the end of the first half and we'll cover all the bases and then you'll get the interview so. Oh, you guys got a little bit of a, a fedging right there. You. Yes. That's all you get. Just a little tease for now. That's right. Just a little, 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 and then I'm out. Okay. So I have had a question that has been burning me ever since our last episode, which by the way, I'm pretty sure we peaked that episode. That was like the orgasm of the Dick Dangle show. <laughs> so dear listeners, before you ask me the question. We're trying to come up with different ways to promote the show. And when we recorded it, Dahlia says, hey, how about you send me the episode once it's edited? You timestamp a couple spots that I can take little snippets out of 
and put it on social media so people can hear what we just did. And I will not lie, I found it so difficult to do it because it was as entertaining. Absolute gold from start to finish. That's right. (laughs) It was as entertaining a first half of a show that we have done, period. (laughs) I still, I'm, I'm very proud of that one. If you haven't listened to it, guys... Please go back and listen to that episode. What number was it? That would be episode 511. Okay. Yeah. Go If you haven't, just pause right here. We'll wait for you. It's cool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was based on Dahlia getting a lap dance, and it was just magic. I still am having wet dreams about that lap dance, by uh, the way. Sure. <gasps> <laughs> so, what is your question? Okay. <clears throat> oh, wow. As someone who is very familiar with pornography, I've heard. What are your opinions, especially given that it's your name, on the dick? Uh, run that by me again. <laughs> you watch so much porn. Yes. Do you notice the dick? Do you look for like specific things in the dick? Do you think that it's necessary to have a big dick? Oh, uh, I see. What to you're perform. Saying. I gotcha. Because this is something that has come up uh, quite a bit on my Pornhub and in my content. I've filmed with various partners over the years, but they're just like regular like dudes. You know, I create amateur porn, so we're amateur people. Right. And a lot of people have a lot of things to say about the penis in the pornos. And I'm just curious, like, where do you stand? Where does dick stand on dick? <laughs> In a femdom house. Um, (laughs) Little joke. So, well, it makes me want to ask, what are you hearing? Is it positive? Is it critique-y? Like how? There's a little bit of both. So on the positive side of things, you know, we get quite a few comments that are like, oh, it's great to see a dick that looks like mine. Right. And just like to preface this, and um, I'm being 100% honest here when I say this, I've never put a dick on camera that has been less than seven inches. Okay. So what you're seeing is seven inches plus, which I don't think is a small dick. No, you are correct. For the record. However... Let it be known that my ass cheeks are so monstrously large <laughs> that they dwarf everything in comparison. Okay. So, okay. So on the positive side, you know, we get people who are like, oh, you know, it's great to see someone who looks like me in porn. It's good to see like a normal looking dick. You know, some people are straight up very complimentary and they'll just be like, nice cock, bro. <laughs> Um, (laughs) but yeah. And then on the opposite side, you know, you have people who are just like, oh, you need a, a better dick than that. Or you need a bigger dick than that. And it just really baffles me. Mm -hmm. Like what, like, do you need a big dick to get off? And again, like these are like big dicks. So these guys are talking like they want to see me with like 11 inches. Right. They want to see you with dread. Yeah. Well, I mean, so do I. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be fair. Well, yeah. 10 out of 10 would smash. Or at least As try. long as they provided me with a wheelchair yeah, for exactly. use afterwards. Yeah. Uh, so me as 
a fan of the industry because I could also approach it as someone that has done a, a couple of scenes and it is interesting to see people be complimentary of my penis. Right. And I, I appreciate it, but it's interesting because I didn't think it would be appreciated, especially by men. Side note, listeners, if you have anything to say about Dick's dick, send him an email. Yeah. He wants to know. Absolutely. Be gentle. <laughs> but as a fan, I can say if it's like a POV type of scene, there are a few penises that I have seen so much that I can tell you whose penis it is. Okay. So you find that like... Do you notice the dick's characteristics then to an extent? Yeah, for the most part. Okay, let me flip the question a little bit to make it easier to answer. Okay. Is there anything that you dislike about male talent in porn? Is there anything that you're watching porn and you're just like, meh? <laughs> <laughs> um, not, well, it's difficult to say because... Like when it comes to the an, the original question, I really don't have an issue with what penis is doing the work in a film for the most part. Uh, I mentioned it in an episode not all that long ago. I believe I did. I have so many conversations like this in my daily life that I don't remember. But just talking about cock all day long. Oh, 100%. Just cock, <laughs> cock, cock. I mean, I know what men are doing to their penises. When it comes to procedures to either be longer, thicker, whatever, but it looks weird, especially uh -huh. if you go heavy girth because you really can't do anything to the head of the penis. Oh, my God. I hate that so much. So it looks like a coffee can with a Hershey's kiss on it. And it's it's really, really distracting. And if they get <laughs> and if it's not the world's best work, it may have odd angles or oh my God, that uh, me up. poor symmetry. Okay. So you do judge yeah, the dick a little bit. A bit, but even within that, well, or like my big judgment is because they have done work to their penis or maybe uh they are in a place when it comes to the profession where it may be more difficult to find that place to stay aroused just watching them trying to cram an accordion penis into a vagina or butthole and that is beyond distraction it's just it's folding in half it's bending weird like it may be time to take a little break and kind of reseason the body. Like trying to shove in a rubber snake? Right. Oh, God. Yeah, it's not pleasant. But most of my issues with what is out there is depending on the scene, depending on the studio or the content creator, there's a point of aggression that I just don't care for. I, yeah, I'm I'm behind you on that for sure. Yeah, you know, I don't mind if you want to go fast, maybe a little bit more of a body clap, depending on what position you are in, that is fine. But when there's face slapping and spitting and Blech. degradation language, just stuff like that, I'm out. 
Yeah. So it has actually become kind of difficult to find that sweet spot, especially when it comes to purchasing DVDs. Because yes. I, everybody seems to be about that, like this physical violence as part of porn. Correct. And there are certain studios that tend to shoot more aggressive stuff. And I might like the talent, be it male or female, that are in it from other work they have done. But then when they work under this idea, it becomes aggressive. And it, it mm-hmm. it's almost like they can't sell it because it's not really natural to them. Yeah. And that really takes me out as well. Okay. Yeah. I'm right there with you on that one for sure. I mean, there's definitely a time and a place for, like, like rough fucking and, like, smearing makeup and, you know, all that stuff. But I feel like there is a fine line between, like, literally, like, physical abuse as part of the porn. Right. And being rough. And, like, you see, like, people, like, getting their heads stepped on and, like, toes in their eyes and shit. Yeah. Like, ah, I don't know. I'm sure if that's your thing, like, we don't kink shame, but, no. like, for me personally, yeah, that definitely takes me out of it. Yeah. Because I imagine myself in the woman's position, too, when I'm right. watching porn, right? So yeah, I'm like, I don't want you toes in my eyes. Get out of here. Right. Yeah. If there's a position that instantly takes me out of it, it is doggy style and the guy has a foot on her head. Like, that, I'm just like, just skip. Like I can't. Wow, you do yoga, bro? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Nice. (laughs) He's just showing off his flexibility. Look at what I can do. (laughs) But it is definitely an interesting question from you, and it's something I would like to hear from the listeners as well, be it male or female. What turns you off? What turns you on? So that actually kind of makes me think of it because. I would like to see, it could be a vignette. It doesn't have to have like this gigantic background storyline, but I feel almost more physically connected, not even mentally, but physically connected to a scene if the sex is slow, like almost teasing because in my brain, my, my head is actually able to feel what it's like to have slow sex like that. Right. So you're like a more sensual. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It can get a little bit more paced, not necessarily aggressive, but more like standard sex. But if it starts slow, I'm in. Right. Yeah. I'm going to write that down. Okay. Yeah. Remember that for for our first shoot in Chicago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 2024 so so but yeah that is a very interesting question i like that so yeah the listeners let me know via email dick at danglinafterdark.com and let me know how you feel about it just give me the header of what i look for in porn dick there you go we'd like a summary right likes dislikes could do better (laughs) whatever It's a vast subject that we could go on about this forever, honestly. Yeah. Because there's so many like different like viewpoints of like what constitutes like a good actor. 
Yeah. Well, the good actor is the woman that is like, oh, my God, it's so huge. And it keeps slipping out of her. (laughs) (laughs) See, that I hate. I can't stand that in porn when it just keeps falling out. Like, get it together. Yeah. Just go to another position. Whatever. This is clearly not working for you. And as the studio, like, why are you showing that? Edit that shit out. Yeah, there are times where I'll see something in a scene and just go, yeah, you could have cut that out. That wouldn't have hurt the scene. It's almost like seeing a movie that's too long. Yeah. Yeah. For continuity, I didn't need that. Keep the good stuff. We don't have much of an attention span. Uh, That is true. And that is what (laughs) I'm finding out when it comes to shooting. Because the first scene I did was very long. But Uh it worked out well. The second one and the third, like the second one was only like seven minutes because it was more of like a foreplay tease kind of thing. And I want to say the second scene I did with Ruby is probably somewhere around 15 minutes or so. And I'm really finding that that is the wanted sweet spot is 10 to 15, sometimes seven, depending on what you're looking at. If it's taking you longer than 15 minutes to get off, like you're either gooning or you need to get some help. Uh, and that is what I'm working on. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks for just calling me out on my own show. <laughs> you heartless harlot. So Come tell on. us about your interview. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to because you ruined this show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So my interview is with the lovely Lieutenant Bella Lexi. Thank you very much to Don Juan DeMarco for the opportunity to speak with her. I saw her briefly at Exotica, New Jersey, and we talk a little bit about that in the interview. And Was she there? Did she have her own booth? Or? She was with Signatures After Dark. And there were okay. I don't know if I made it that far. (laughs) Yeah, there were a bunch of really great people at that booth, and she was one. And I wanted to speak with her, but every time I would come around to it, she was either not there or she had a substantial line of people that wanted to meet her. Makes sense. Yeah, so it was nice to be able to have the opportunity to find out about her and ask her different questions about her history. Because for those who do not know, uh, she was a police officer, started in OnlyFans, and someone called her out on it and she lost her job and has now transitioned to full-time adult work. What a pivot. Right? And it has uh, gone very, very well for her. And I am happy that things have worked out the way that they have because I think she has a lot of creativity and expression still to come when it comes to doing adult work. But we have just a wonderful conversation, and I know that the future is going to be very bright for her. I have a feeling that there's going to be some award noms and all the good stuff coming with it. So thank you to her, and I know that the listeners are going to enjoy it. Heck yeah. I will as well. Let's get to it. Yes. So thank you once again to Lieutenant Bella Lexi for the interview, and thank you. Dahlia D for joining me for this episode. You're welcome, I guess. I guess. Damn. <laughs> I was going to ask where people can find you, but I don't want to do that now. Actually, no, because I have a brand new website. It's the same link, but it's a different. You guys got to go check it out. It's beautiful. So where do they go? www.daliad.com. D-A-H-L-I-A-D-E-E. 
com. Yeah, I guess they should do it. And if you want to see my stuff, you go to dickdangle.com as the links page, danglinafterdark.com is the website with direct download capabilities for the episodes. And it also has where you could find the articles that we talk about. So all the good stuff is there. Heck yeah. Let's get to that interview. Love it. So thank you one and all for listening to this episode. Please take care of yourselves and the people around you. Pay for your porn and support amazing content creators like Lieutenant Bella Lexi, like Dahlia D, and all of the people that you have heard on the show over the years. Find something that feeds your soul and do it as often as you possibly can. And of course, dangle on. Ooh, that was a sensual one. I tried really hard. Yeah, you did. Don't worry, Dick will be coming back. Hi, this is Sunny Lane, and when I'm not playing with myself, I'm listening to Dick Dangle. Oh, yeah. He's recovered and ready to go again. Welcome back to the Pervert Nation. Here he is, Dick Dangle. My guest hasn't been in the industry for very long, but her beauty and ever-increasing popularity, she has quickly climbed the ladder to superstar. Her backstory may have made tabloids, but her incredible work with Score Group Bang Bros, Exploited X, Nookies, and more, not to mention her clip and subscription sites, is where the headlines really are. Please welcome the lovely Lieutenant Bella Lexi. How are you doing this evening? I'm super fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. It is my pleasure. Before we get started, can you please tell everybody where they could find you online and on social media? The easiest way to find me and all of my links is just to go to my website, therealbellalexi.com, and that will take you to all my socials and to all of my clip sale sites. Very nice. Nice and easy. I like that. (laughs) Yep, exactly. So thank you for being on the show, and I'm going to kind of talk a little bit here in the beginning because I want to let everybody know a little bit about your background, just like a quick cliff note version of it. So Your story and many others like it where you had a non-adult industry job and in your case a 28-year career in law enforcement uh, only to be let go because of your OnlyFans page rings familiar to the listeners on this show because I've talked about a number of stories like that. But it's rare to be able to speak to someone that has gone through it and has continued on the path of adult work. So first off, thank you for your public service and congratulations on your success in being able to step into and succeed in the adult industry. I admire your resilience and your adaptability. That is not easy for many to do. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. And yeah, like... It's been a heck of a journey, but I think ultimately the hustle and the hard work that I had in my other career has kind of, in some strange ways, prepared me for the same hustle in this career. Mm -hmm. 
and I almost feel like the hours that you kept are fairly similar because you're always on. You never know when the day is actually going to end and you have to kind of mentally prepare yourself for always being on. So it does make sense. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, in this business, it is your, I work probably, I don't know, on average, probably 16 hours a day, seven days a week. I try to be available. I try to engage with everyone that's following me. And I also spend a lot of time engaging with other people in the industry. They have a lot of maybe questions about law enforcement or want to run an experience by me, uh, things like that. So really, truly, I just serve a different community and population, I guess you could say, but I am always on. (laughs) Oh, very interesting. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people listening understand just how hard of a job being in the adult industry is. And I can imagine when you first got in and your popularity was starting to take off, you maybe didn't realize the amount of time that it takes to be on social media, engage with fans, shoot for studios, shoot your own content. Did you find any of that overwhelming? Because it can be. Oh, for sure. When my story was leaked to the media and it came out publicly. Initially, I had only thought it was going to come out locally. Well, it ended up being leaked to uh, international media. And so I went from being no one in my community to suddenly everyone knew who I was. Everyone knew what had happened. And I didn't engage with people at the same level before my story came out because it was I was small time, right? Like it was a hobby. It was something interesting that my husband and I were doing. And then suddenly I didn't have my career and I woke up to 1,200 messages pending on my OnlyFans. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God, what just happened? (laughs) I can't even imagine what it would have been like to like, okay, let me get up and let me look. And you're hearing from... England and all these countries in Europe, like all the news outlets, like, wow, this, this got big fast. It did. And I had to rely on Google translator because I had people messaging me in all different language. I, languages. I would look at a message and I'm like, I don't even know what this is. So I'd have to copy and paste it and put it into Google just so I could figure out what the language was. I had no idea the reach that my story was going to take. Oh, that's crazy. And when it came to the different news outlets, much like in the U.S. as well, everyone handles the story a little bit differently. And some of it can be very salacious and just the way they cover it. How did you handle that part of it? Because when you are being interviewed, you want to hold yourself with a certain respect and in a certain light. And then they don't necessarily spin your words, but they kind of spin your words. Did you kind of go through that process almost of like grief where it got to the point where you just kind of accepted it and ah, whatever, I'll figure it out as I go along? Yeah, absolutely. I will say that I was very fortunate enough to speak with another woman who had the same type of thing happen. She was uh, super big time in the media over her story. And I reached out to her when I knew it was going to go public. And I was like, I need some advice because I honestly don't know how to handle this. And she was very encouraging. She was very patient. She worked with me through the whole thing. And, you know, it was so overwhelming. But knowing that I had her in my corner 
was really helpful. And I probably would say the best piece of advice she gave me was don't read the comments on any story that's released. (laughs) It's like, because you will not like some of what you see. People will be angry with you. They will judge you. And she's like, so speak with the people you want to speak with and don't participate in the negative banter because she said it would suck my soul. And there were some negative comments, but honestly, I really didn't even start looking at comments until probably about six months ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good for you. Were you surprised at the acceptance of the adult industry and the people within sex work? Because it is a fairly tight-knit community, and when you have people that are willing to give advice and maybe kind of give you some lessons on how to get started were you surprised at how i don't want to say how quickly but you know how they brought you into the community i was and i was also very appreciative but i did also face the suspicion right like oh well are you really not a cop anymore are you really trying to investigate all of us and i was like look i am one of you i am no longer a cop i have no duty to report anything I'm here to support you just like you're here to support me. And let's let's make these businesses successful was really how I went into it. And I think that people, once they talk to me personally, they realized that I didn't have a hidden agenda. I just wanted to make the most of this this experience because I think if you talk to a lot of girls that this has happened to, yeah, you become famous and you get a lot of money initially. But I always like to say, It's like when you get the winning lottery ticket, right? You have all this money up front, but you have to make it last. And I was like, I'm not going to be one of those people that goes broke in six months after I win the lottery. (laughs) And so I just was like, I have to hustle. I have to create. And I didn't even reach out to any agents until it had been, it was about six months before I sat down with my husband and I was like, let's just commit to this and let's just do this all the way. And that was when I started reaching out to agents and looking to get into the professional porn business. I appreciate the conspiracy theory that some people had about you, but you want to talk about playing a long game. Like (laughs) (laughs) that would be crazy to just say, okay, now this is going to be my angle. Like that. I I don't want to say I'm surprised that somebody would think something like that, but like, wow, that's uh, I never would have thought of that myself. Well, no. And I always said, I was like, do you want your parents to know? Right. <laughs> do you want your entire family to know what you do? Like, um, so that was really the hardest part was just dealing with friends and family who found out about it and mostly what their concern was. You know, I would have never done this to myself intentionally. And, you know, I walked away from a great career, but honestly, I think that it all happened in perfect timing because my other career was was sucking the life out of me anyway. And I I didn't know what I could do or should do. And this just kind of opened up a whole other avenue of things that, you know, really hadn't popped into my mind as a, a new profession. Yeah, I think that rings true for a lot of people. You have a job that you love, but it is a very difficult job. I know I've had that issue in the past myself, but to be able to make that move into something else you enjoy so quickly is very admirable because a lot of people struggle with that transition. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I think a lot of you know, creators struggle with that instant fame. Mm-hmm. And there there is a grief over whatever career you did lose. But at the same time, 
it's a time to explore yourself and and decide if this is a good fit for you or not. And it just happened to be a great fit for me. So for that, I'm very fortunate. You know, uh, some girls, you know, they have the couple months of fame and you know, then they just kind of fall off. And I always make a point of reaching out to girls if I can, when I see their story, I'll shoot them a social media message or whatever. And I'll be like, Hey, I get your experience. I don't understand it because yours is different than mine, but I can relate in some level. And so if you ever need someone to call and cry to scream at, be frustrated, give me a call because I've walked down the same path as you, just not in your footsteps. Yeah. And I think that approach because you did have such a long career before adult and you weren't entering the industry as a 21 year old. I'm sure the life lessons that you have learned helped you with that as well, because I think if that were to happen to someone in their mid twenties as a life transition, that would have been a much harder pill to swallow. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, I'm, I'm 48 years old. So I'm at a point in my life where I can also be like, this is who I am, take it or leave it. And I don't have to necessarily worry about starting a new career and worrying about is my new employer going to find out or, you know, what am I going to do? I was very fortunate. And I'm also lucky that I have such a supportive husband through the whole thing, because, you know, that's important too. You can't, you can't do this alone. And I always tell girls that, especially when they enter the porn industry, I'm like, you need to have a support system and you need to have people that believe in you because it can be lonely and it can be somewhat isolating. Yeah. I akin it to a light switch where if you are working the light switch is on and you are at a hundred percent. And when you're not, it's zero, it is completely off. And that can be very difficult emotionally to deal with for sure. Absolutely. So, you know, and I think, you know, everyone handles it differently. Uh, for me, this was just such a nice change of pace. You know, I don't have the, the liability. I don't have you know, the worry about all of my cops being injured or anything like that. I mean, and it's kind of ironic to always say I went from one of the most hated careers here in the U.S. to another hated career. You know, everybody's like, oh, you work in porn. You're a sinner. That's wrong. And I'm like, I can't win either way. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) Now, although it is a part of your branding and persona, one possible drawback of adult work is having what you did in the past be the topic of every scene that you are in moving forward. How do you keep the police officer role from getting boring for you? So I probably do, I don't know, I would probably call it about a 30 to 40 percent that I do the the whole lieutenant cop thing. Okay. Uh, but the rest of it is just, you know, the MILF kind of thing, because people want to see all parts of of my life and my experience. And so, yes, I have that police thing. Uh, you know, creators will be like, hey, I would love to uh, do some collaboration with you. I'm like, OK, great. And they're like, can we do a cop thing? And so I'm always like, well, it depends. You come to me with a fresh idea and we can look at it. But I also I'm like, I that's not all I do. So, you know, for the most part, I get a lot of people who, you know, just like to do the hot milf neighbor, you know, kind of thing. So 
I would say maybe 40% at the most is what I do with the whole cop piece. Okay. Yeah. And that led perfectly into my next question because a positive of the officer role is having people that may have a fetish for like uniforms or that power play dynamic. Uh, You know, your fans will be fans for life when you do that. And you will have people in the industry that would like to work with you because of that. How full is the bank of ideas you have for your content? It has to be overflowing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times I can think back on, you know, maybe some silly calls for service I responded on or, you know, some silly story that was told to me on a call. And so, uh, you know, I do have that. It's it's cute. A lot of people are like, oh, let's do that. You came to my house on a noise complaint. And I'm like, I'm sorry that that is kind of overdone for me. Uh, You know, so like I just shot with uh, King Cobra when I was at Exotica and uh, I was like, let's do that. You're staying here at this hotel and there was a rash of car thefts and I'm coming to tell you that your car was stolen and we'll go from there. You know, uh, I've done the whole, someone broke into my guest house with DFW night and he like was awesome. I said, all I'm going to do is I'm going to come and knock on your door investigating crime. You come up with the rest. And we just fed off of each other. We kind of just made it into something different. So I think a lot of it is just the creativity and sitting down with your, your co-star and kind of picking their brain about some experiences and things like that too. Now, along the same lines, because of your former job, I would think many people would say that you are dominant as a personality trait. Are you mainly dominant or a switch or submissive or kind of a little bit of everything? So I would say I primarily am am in the dominant role in everything that I shoot, but I have had a lot of requests to see me more submissive. So I've been adding a little bit more of the switch piece to it. And it is fun for me because it is different, Uh, you know, because it's like that in real life too, right? Like I'm not always dominant in my, in my personal life. So it kind of lets me express some of that you know, more submissive or somewhat passive or curious, it it adds that flair to that in my content. What type of scenes have you really enjoyed creating away from your role as a police officer? And what projects do you hope to be a part of in the future? Like, uh, do you have any career goals, benchmarks, or just things you would like to create? I am actually working on a very big project that I'm going to be shooting before EVN, and I'm going to try my hand at a little bit of directing and things like that. And so I just like to experience all the new things. Like we've talked about doing, you're going to catch me off guard here. I can't remember the name of it, but with the, with the girl who's nude and the sushi on her body and, and things like that. So like I'm looking at trying all of those new things because it gives variety to my fans and it also challenges me. And so I think ultimately, you know, if people come to me with a fascinating idea, chances are I'm not going to say no. And I want to expand on what what I have to offer. And it's it's been a really good time. Uh, you know, I, I do the whole MILF thing, but I also have like, you know, just a, hey, uh, we're at yoga and somehow it comes out that, we do OnlyFans creating and then one thing leads to another. Let's go home and make a scene about 
how we discussed it at yoga and then we go home and get hot and bothered. So there's just a lot of different avenues that you can pursue with it. So I think it just, it pushes that creative envelope to try to be unique and different. How has your sexuality evolved over this time? And are there areas or topics that you hope to explore now that you have a safe space to do so? Uh, I would say that it has grown a lot because I think that now everyone knows what I do. So there's a little less judgment around it. Uh, You know, like I super love shooting interracial scenes. Uh, things that maybe some people are like, wait, what? But for me, I love it. It's it's an experience. It's, you know, something that I enjoy a lot. I enjoy a lot of the fetish stuff. I never really thought about feet, mm. <laughs> like, you know, and so but working in this environment, people are like, oh, I want to do. Uh, can you make me a custom video with this fetish or that fetish? Uh, you know, I've done some giant test things I've done tickling, you know, so it's just, it's a, it's a unique thing. And I do like, I'm super ticklish. So I'm like, I won't be the tickle person. I have to be dominant in this situation, you know? Mm. So, but I think it just, it opens up a lot of things and things that maybe I had never considered. And, and I do try to be open and, you know, I mean, certainly there's things that are hard nose for me, but ultimately I, I do want to try to be open and, and experience those things to know you know, I always joke, I'm like, I'll try anything twice to see if I really like it or if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny you bring that up because I did notice on your Twitter that you were posting things basically for your foot fetish fans. When it comes to this, have you shot something that you have received good reviews on or good feedback from but you really didn't get like for giantess, it's really interesting. I find that stuff fascinating, but I would imagine doing that as a first time creator, you just kind of have to throw caution to the wind and hope they like what you make. Right. And hope that I can sell it. Right. Like, so I, when the option came up to do it here, I am, I get on, I'm like Googling giantess porn. Like I, I didn't really know what I was doing. And so I have to get online and I have to do research, right? And it was very much outside of my um, comfort zone, but I had a really good time doing it because the only time I've ever been like, be really big, Bella, was when, you know, I'd be dealing with an inmate or someone who was, you know, a foot and a half taller than me and yoked at like 250 pounds and trying to control a situation. And I was like, be big, be big. Right. Right. And then you go into this and I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want to like be condescending and, you know, you want to do it right. And so I think that's been the thing is just researching all of it. I can imagine that you get a lot of requests to be that overly assertive, if not degradating person for fetishes as well. Right. And I do have like certain boundaries of things that I'm comfortable with. And, you know, like I don't do um, any kind of race play. I don't do anything that would bring poor light onto my past career because I never had any allegations of that. Um, I never am very forceful physically because I do understand people's limits and I do understand when that is appropriate and not. Just like when I shoot with someone, they're like, okay, well, what are your hard limits? I'm like, okay, no anal, don't hit me and um, don't hurt me. (laughs) 
you know, so it's a balance and, and I respect that about other people too. Like I don't want to come in and be overly aggressive and that's not what they wanted. So those communications and conversations are so important when you're shooting content, especially with me being dominant. What is your limit? Because my limit might be more, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It seems like being someone that enjoys sexual expression has always been a part of your personality. How did that transition into making and expressing yourself on OnlyFans in the beginning? It's very difficult because when you're just with a partner, you can explore and do everything and no one's judging you or watching or you're not like, oh, um, is my angle okay? You know, how does my nose look? Does my but look weird here. Um, you know, so when you're doing it in that aspect, I was very adventurous and and was able to enjoy a lot of different things. And then once you start doing it on a camera, you you start to wonder, oh, is this gonna go over? What are people gonna say? Because my fans will tell me, we don't like that. Oh wow. Yeah, just as they will tell me, oh, that was really hot. Can you do another one like that? You know, so it's it's a balance of being adventurous and doing it on camera, maybe for the first time Mm -hmm. where you're like, I don't really know anything about this, but uh, yeah, let's give it a roll. (laughs) Right. There are many things that people not in the industry may not think of as being a part of the job, like getting blood drawn for testing every 14 to 21 days. Were there any parts of being a performer that surprised you more on the business side of it? Uh, I will say that it it is unique to go and get my blood drawn every two weeks, you know. Um, but honestly, like, I'm a huge proponent of it. I don't shoot any collaborations or content trades with anyone who's not tested because it is so important. And I think that it, it kind of gives me an avenue to say to people just how important it is. Yeah. You know, um, I had a family member who was like, well, you know, your auntie was saying that, um, you know, you're in a very dangerous profession and and what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm probably one of the safest people to have sex with, Right. <laughs> you know, because I'm tested. Everyone I'm shooting with is tested. And so I think that's something that people just don't really realize, you know, um, the shock for me was the expense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you want me to pay what? yeah and it's one of those things where people will say well that's part of your job so you can write it off on your taxes as a work expense well yeah but i still gotta put that money out up front that doesn't help me now absolutely and you know i do feel for creators who are just getting started right like i have new people who want to shoot with me and i'm like okay well you have to have this test and you know whatever whatever and they're like they message me back they're like oh i can't shoot with you i can't afford that and i'm like well that's all part of you know navigating the business and you know making sure that you're putting away money to do that so that we can all be safe and we can all continue to do this for a long time to come yeah well said yeah. Now, as you mentioned, you were at Exotica, New Jersey, and you were signing at the Signatures After Dark booth. Um, how was yeah. your convention experience? Because you looked really busy every time I saw you on the expo floor. I was really busy. So this is my second Exotica. My first one was 
last year at Miami and I was so overwhelmed. I barely remember any of it. <laughs> and then, I mean, cause it's like, there's, it's overwhelming, like, because I didn't realize how many people knew who I was. And so this experience was super fun because I was a little bit more comfortable. And I do have to say that being in the booth with Brittany Andrews and being able to pick her brain and watch how she did things. I learned so, so much mm. about engaging with people from her. Um, you know, because I don't know it all. And so to be able to um, watch her and uh, Sophie Marie and, and some of those folks, it really gave me an opportunity to kind of hone in on what fans are looking for. Because I think sometimes what people don't realize is I'm very, very shy in person. Okay. So my persona and everything, you know, when I was a cop, I had my uniform, my vest. I had a purpose. I, you know, I was that person. And so I'm still, you know, Lieutenant Bell Alexi, but at the same time, I am shy and I can get overwhelmed. And so I think sometimes I fear that I am that way. And people are like, oh, she's such a bitch. And it's not that at all. It's just that I might be uncomfortable or overwhelmed. And so, um, you know, I, when I do interviews and things like this, I just try to tell people, I'm like, I am somewhat of an introvert. And so this is sometimes difficult for me, but just be patient. It, it's nothing personal. I'm just trying to work through getting myself to where I'm more comfortable in some of those atmospheres, you know, because as a cop, you don't want anyone behind you. You don't want anyone beside you. Right. I'm still fighting off some of those things, you know, looking for a threat, which, which no one's a threat in this environment. They're just there to have fun and give you a hug and take a picture with you. So it has been a lot of personal growth for me in that, in that aspect. But in a way it's not a bad thing to have because I would imagine like uh, I have a number of friends that uh, have gone to conventions that served in the military. And the first thing they do when they walk into the convention, they look for exits, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're doing kind of the safety things that you need to do. And I kind of picked up on that <laughs> as well. So I don't think that's a bad trait to have, to be honest, this is a crazy world we live in. Well, it is for sure. And like, you know, I made fast friends with the security staff um, because they travel with the, with the expo right. and so you know i know the head of security and but it's funny because i walk in and i'm like okay if there which sadly that still occurs in my mind i'm okay if there was an emergency or an active shooter or some kind of something where would i push people to where would i help right. and so even though that's not my life anymore i don't think that will ever go away and so but it is it's i could tell you where every exit was in that expo in new jersey yeah, exactly <laughs> Now, when you attend conventions, you said that you do shoot content, but is it a lot of networking as as well? Is it relaxing? Like, do you just go back to your hotel room? Do you go out to any of the after parties? Like, what is the convention weekend for you? Well, so I schedule out my content trade uh, before... I get there. So pretty much I know who I'm shooting with and when I'm shooting because I also have to plan in downtime for myself. I don't stay at the expo hotel because I need to go somewhere where I can take off my makeup, you know, put my hair up in a ponytail and wear my sweatpants and go down to the lobby and order some pizza and just sit there and decompress. And so I don't do a lot of the after party stuff. I figure I'm on for six or eight hours at the expo and I'm on when I'm shooting with the people that I'm shooting content with. And so it gets to a point and I just tell my husband, I'm like, all right, let's, you know, order some wine, 
sit down in the lobby and people watch and just relax so I can recharge and be on for the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've read that you have been a fan of the adult industry. So were you able to meet anyone at a convention that you were a fan of and how do you approach people that you want to work with? Oh yeah. I think my ultimate I was so fangirling. I've always wanted to meet Brittany Andrews. She's absolutely stunning. I've followed her forever. And so when um, I got to my booth and she was there, I was like, um, hi. <laughs> I, I was like, uh, I'm Bella. She's like, hi, Sugar Plum. Nice to meet you, Bella. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm talking to Brittany Andrews. I couldn't figure out what to say. And I was just like, I look like a total idiot. And so after some time went by, I was like, I'm really sorry about how I introduced myself to you. I said, I just I really appreciate your work. And I, I love what you do. And I just was ridiculous. And she's like, it's okay. It happens to everybody. And so someone had asked me, they're like, you know, how do you feel about people who meet you and they don't know what to say? And I said, you know, I really never thought about it till I was in that position meeting Brittany. And I was like, oh my God, that's how people must feel meeting me. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's a scale, but um, yeah. So I super appreciated my time with her, uh, you know, and I met, you know, just a lot of people that, you know, I follow on social media or I've hit them up. Hey, I might be traveling to Dallas. Would you maybe want to, you know, shoot some content? And then I was able to actually meet them in person here. I didn't have an opportunity to shoot with them in New Jersey, but actually like meeting them and talking to them. And we're all just regular people, Yeah. you know? Yeah, we're famous or whatever, but we're still the same, you know, I'm still the same person I was. And, and so it's nice to have that little bit of downtime and actually talk to them and pick their brain about what they want to shoot when we do get together and things like that. But I really don't have any shame in my game. If there's someone I want to shoot with, I, I just am like, Hey, I'd really be interested in doing this. If you want to kick it around and let me know. Um, so yeah, I think that's one thing I am fortunate enough about is if I really want to shoot with you, I will approach you. Yeah. I like the fact that you are a fan and at the end of November on your Twitter, you wrote, if I may quote, My little secret, I have to admit that when Brandy Love followed me the other day, I may have jumped up and screamed like a little girl and then covered my mouth with my hand, carry on. And I love the fact that that you feel that way about stuff like that. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Well, and it's like, I want people to know that I'm real. Um, You know, so when that happened, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You know, because she's very talented, she's very famous, and I love her work. And, you know, so when those kinds of things happen, I'm just like, was it an accident? Was it on purpose? Like, Mm, okay. You know, um, but for me, it makes me feel really good. It it makes me know or realize that I am doing the right thing and I am making the right connections and and I am forging my way in this industry. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You've put out the call to your fans and followers to do some fan voting for you for the AVN Fan Awards, and you are hoping to be nominated for Hottest MILF, Best Newcomer, Favorite Porn Star Creator, and Most Spectacular Boobs. Yes. Is this the first time that you've put out a call for your fans to vote for you? Uh, No. The first time I did uh, was Fleshbot. 
okay. Uh, when I had received a nomination, I was like, oh my God, everybody vote, everybody vote. Uh, you know, it was a good time. It was a fun banter. Brittany Andrews and I made TikToks because she was up for it also. You know, we're like, hey, vote for her, vote for her, you know. And for me, it just was, it was amazing to be invited to sit at that table with those amazing women. And so then when the ABN thing came around, I was like, well, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring on this one too. So, uh, you know, I, I also feel like it gives my fans a chance to be heard too. And I would be completely honored if, you know, one of those came up for me. If not, you know what, I'm just going to keep plugging along and maybe next year. Yeah, I feel that. And I also feel like it may be because you are a more I don't know, shy person you know, yes. in person. Is it weird to be like, hey, everybody, pay attention to me and vote yeah. for this? Because when it comes to the podcast, I've been nominated for stuff and I have a really hard time doing that. Right. Well, and I've always struggled with that, too, because even as a police officer, you know, I would receive an award and I was like, oh, I don't even want to go to the award ceremony. I don't do it for the award. I don't do it for recognition. And I think the biggest difference in this arena is that I do it for my fans and my fans really want to see that. And it in some way uh, it gives them an opportunity to be heard and to weigh in, if that makes any kind of sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I saw that you are going to be at the Adult Entertainment Expo around the AVN Awards as well. So I'm excited to see how this first AVN experience is for you. Yeah, I'm super excited. I went and bought a pretty little dress. And, you know, I'm excited to meet so many more people because after being in the industry for 18 months and things like that, you know, uh, I'm looking to meet new people and, and just enjoy these experiences. And I'm, I want to celebrate all the people who have won and are going to win. And because that's a lot of work that goes into that. And I think that's the other reason that they should be celebrated is it's not easy. It's time traveling away from your family. It's, you know, trying to figure out how you're going to get from one place to the other and not miss something. So I think that, just being able to celebrate with them and their achievements is so amazing to me. And I'm so excited for the people who did win and for the people who will win with the fan awards, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Are you a fan of Las Vegas? I am. Yes. Nice. I usually three nights is my max. So I'm going to be there for like eight. So we'll see. Oh boy. <laughs> how this goes. <laughs> well, at least you don't have a huge time difference. Correct. Yeah, yes. You're, you're lucky. And there. No. <laughs> yeah. And there's going to be a lot of work going on, but oh, yeah. I think for AVN, I am going to go to some of the, the parties, uh, you know, because I am, I do know more people. So I think that makes it a little bit more comfortable for me too. You know, I have a great uh, PR guy who's going to make some introductions for me, Don Juan DeMarco, you know, so I'm going into this with some, with my feet on the ground on this one, I feel like. And so I'm super excited. Yeah. He's all right. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I enjoy doing with the people that I interview is look through their social media and ask them questions about some of the posts that they have made. Are you willing to answer a couple of questions about some recent posts? Absolutely. All right. So with your posts, 
there is most definitely a trend. So I'm going to rip through all of them very quickly, and then I'm going to ask you some questions at the end. But feel free to interject as you will. Okay. So the first one said, good morning, your job today. Cheer for the Broncos and vote for me for the Avian Awards Hottest MILF. But then a couple weeks before that, you wrote, Cowboys win. It's now Turkey Lake time. Bland is the defensive player of the year. There's no argument to be made about anyone else. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware when it comes to football, you can't root for two teams. Okay, so funny story. (laughs) So (laughs) growing up... (laughs) I remember one of the first football games I remember was the Broncos playing the Cowboys and Troy Aikman was the quarterback. And I was like, holy shit, that dude is fucking hot. I'm going to grow up and I'm going to marry him. (laughs) Okay. And I was instantly a Dallas Cowboys fan. And so when I met my husband, I mean, I'm a Broncos fan because I live here. I'm a native, but not to the degree of a Cowboys fan. And so he's like, well, you have to be a Broncos fan to you know, or, or we're going to have an issue. And I was like, okay, well, how about you have an NFC team, the Cowboys, and I have an AFC team, the Broncos, and we'll cheer for both of them. And so that's how that came about. <laughs> okay, that's very nice because uh, I also, like when it comes to hockey, I have my Eastern Conference team and my Western Conference team. So I, right. I feel you on that one. Yeah. Now, you also tweeted about a couple of other sports. You said – golf let's go and you were talking about the hero world challenge which is the tiger woods tournament you also responded to a tiley texas post where she was wearing a hulk hogan shirt and you said oh my god i'm a huge wrestling fan if you have the balls get on over here and follow this sexy babe and then lastly you wrote That's an Avs win. Okay, now that you mentioned hockey, I'm back in. But you have mentioned all the sports. Where does your love of sports come from? You know, I think I've just always enjoyed sports, but working in a primarily male-dominated field for 28 years, uh, those boys talk about sports all the time. And so you just gradually, it becomes something that you do. I mean, I'm lucky I'm from Colorado. I mean, we have the Nuggets who won the championship last year. The Avs have won. Uh, the the Broncos have won the Super Bowl. So honestly, like Colorado is a great sports city. And I find that too, sometimes I root for teams from like, uh, I love the Dolphins because I traveled to Miami to do a bunch of work. So I kind of start just adopting teams. So when I am someplace, I have someone to cheer for if I'm going to a game in person. I mean, I went to a Toronto Maples Leaf game when I was in Toronto to meet with my book publisher. So I just love sports and I love being boots on the ground in a city attending a game where they play. And I don't know, I just, I can't get enough of it. Oh, that's very cool. Now, when it comes to being a wrestling fan, what is your era? Like, what are the wrestlers that you enjoy? Oh, you know, uh, Jake the Snake and, of course, Hulk Hogan. And um, you're going to catch me off guard here. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, my God. Uh, Brett. Uh, oh, Brett the Hitman Hart? Yes. Because, okay. you know, he's he's hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. Right. But, you know, I mean, I've attended uh, wrestling events when they came to Denver. I'm a huge uh, 
a pro bull riding fan. I love pro rodeo. I mean, I just, my interests are like very vast. And I think too, being into all those different things always helped me build rapport with people on calls or, you know, people having a bad day that I was dealing with at work. So I think it just, it made me a more uh, broad person and I could talk with people about just about anything. Now, yeah. you yourself are obviously athletic. Do you play any sports? I play golf. Okay. And I'm really sad because it's very cold here now, and I don't get to play as much. But when my husband and I travel, we take our clubs. Oh, nice. We play in a lot of different states. And um, I would say probably my most favorite course I've played traveling would be Half Moon Bay in California. Okay. So there's just something about playing against the ocean, you know? Okay, now, what's your mm-hmm. handicap? Oh, I, I can't talk about that because then I can't bet people. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> now, and that actually... So I, can't, I can't tell you what my gin says. <laughs> okay, I, I honor that. So that actually leads me to a question I have. Are you a sports better? Like, not necessarily betting someone when you're playing golf, but do you do more of the, you know, online and, you know, in mm-hmm. Vegas stuff kind yeah. of betting? Yes, I do, but I never bet on my own teams because inevitably when I make a bet on a game that they're playing, they don't win. So I've learned not to bet for my own teams. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good advice, truly. Now, what other hobbies do you have besides sports? You know, really the big thing is following my kids around and supporting them in their sports and things like that. But I also, you know, I spend time just learning different things and like, you know, I mean, I work out, but like just learning different things. Like my kids, you know, take a, um, a marine biology class right now, say, and so, okay, well, I need to get online and I need to learn about sea turtles and I need to, you know, so I can have those active conversations with my kids. And so for me, knowledge is power and I'm always researching you know, I, you probably saw a post I made the other night where I was like, you know, everybody thinks I'm really cool and funny, but I'm really a big dork. And I was like, here's how you thaw butter, you know? So <laughs> like, that's just who I am. And I embrace that about myself and I can be quirky and whatever, but yeah, I'm just always knowledge hungry. And that is a very good trait to have for sure. Mm-hmm. So since I wrapped up so many Twitter posts into one set of questions. Uh, I only have one more that I would like to ask you about. And this was very recent. And this is from an account called Bella's Corn Dogs. <laughs> and uh, you wrote, My corn dogs are the best. Daily, they save my life from the scary UPS man and the Amazon guy that drives on our street. No better reward than homemade Land O'Lakes pup cups. That is absolutely adorable so what are the names of your dogs and what types of dogs are they so i have my black lab he's an old man he's 11 years old and we call him Bo. his real name is gumbo because he's from louisiana and then i have my designer dog of course uh who is a mini golden doodle and her name is charlie uh named after a cop on a tv show that was on years ago, so I called her Charlie. Oh, that is adorable. Have you always been a pet owner? I have. I absolutely love dogs. Not a big cat fan, okay. 
I'm not going to lie. I can't even pretend, but, uh, yeah, I super love pets. In fact, I had a beagle. She just passed away a few months ago. Uh, but I just love dogs and, and they're just a very, I don't know. They just understand you. And when you're having a bad day, you come home and they just know that they need to come up and let you pet them and love on them. And so I wanted to incorporate, since I work from home, some of the adventures with my dogs. And so I call them my corn dogs because, you know, uh, on social media, you can't always say that you're a porn star um, or whatever. So they're my little porn dogs because their mom is a porn star. So that's where the corn dog thing came from. And I figure it also lets people connect to me on a different level and just kind of see how ridiculous I am with my pets. <laughs> Very true. I like the fact that you do it for that reason to to be able to connect with you on a different level. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I mean, they're cute as hell. So why why not share their shenanigans? (laughs) (laughs) So you have announced that you are going to be at AVN in January of 2024. What does 2024 have in store for you? Are you going to just be doing a lot more content and studio shoots? Do you have any other big things planned that you can let the listeners know about? What do you hope 2024 is for you? I certainly have a lot of big goals. I'm working with uh, Model Red, which is working with new girls in the industry and some older people in the industry to make sure that Uh, They're experiencing safe environments Mm -hmm. and are having healthy uh, shooting scenes and things like that. And that uh, they're able to recognize if they're shooting with someone and something isn't right, because education is so important to make sure that they understand what trafficking can look like and things like that. Mm Also providing advice to girls if they aren't sure if they were a victim of a crime or something and helping them navigate that process. And, uh, I'm also working on developing a potential studio of my own. I don't know if that'll come to fruition in 2024 or not, but I'm looking at changing the way that studios shoot and uh, giving more weight to content creators as well. So I don't know. I have some really big plans. I'm super excited. I have I have some pretty unique people involved in some of these projects. And I think that 2024 is going to definitely change the way that people look at uh, creators who are working their way up and learning the industry, because it's not very often that someone is a creator and then becomes a porn star and becomes well-known. So I think that that can happen for other people. And I, I want to, provide an environment that makes that possible for them you know because a lot of times porn stars then start in only fans so i've kind of come up through a completely different path right. and right. i want to i want to be able to encourage that and help you know women and men uh trans people develop that and be able to have some of the same experiences that i've had yeah very nice and i agree with you the model red fantastic people over there for sure yes i have been very fortunate I don't know how they found me, uh, but uh, I've spent many, many hours on many calls uh, with folks in the UK and around the US, and I'm excited. I get to meet Kylie Quinn at AVN, who is also a big part of that. So I think a lot of us just want to see better things come for the industry, and I think now is the time. Yeah, I agree 100%. This has been an absolute delight. I have really enjoyed talking with you and I know 
the way you handle yourself and the scenes and content that you're creating 2024 is going to be spectacular and i can't wait to see everything really blossom for you coming forward well, thank you very much. I'm I'm excited that you took some time out to talk with me and pick my brain and and give me an opportunity to to share with people my experiences and and what I like to see for the industry and and you know I'm here to stay. So let's make big things. Yes, excellent. So one more time before I let you go, can you please tell everybody where they could find you online and on social media once again? Absolutely. So just go to my website, therealbellalexi.com. And the first page has links to all of my socials, to my OnlyFans, my loyal fans, all of those kinds of things, other clip stores. And uh, you can always message me on my website. Uh, But I will say I don't really respond to a lot of messages on social media just because I can't keep up. But messaging on my, you know, OnlyFans or loyal fans or my website is probably the best way to get a hold of me. Very nice. So once again, thank you very much for being on and good luck with all of the awards coming up. And hopefully I get to see you at a convention in the very near future. Yes, thank you. Hopefully maybe I run into you at AVN. So just even if I'm busy, you come over and tap my shoulder. Sounds good. (laughs) 